Bronco Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star. Oh, here's one of my favorite rhymes that I get to do seemingly almost every month in a car. Woo! Uh, because we are doing another car cast. And by we, I mean, of course, moi. You are not alone. And I am not alone. <laughs> you not alone. But anyway, the lovely and hyper-intelligent <laughs> Dr. Stephanie Murphy, the boss, the goddess of time and space. Oh, is, such a goddess. You are. You goddess are of time and space. Ooh, I, I like that one. Yeah, I, I went I went there. <laughs> time, space, brilliance, and beauty. I mean, that you, you've got it. Aww. You're just, you're like laser lady, I tell you. Anyway. Who's laser lady? Well, you know what? I'll tell you later. Okay. But I, <laughs> We've got more important things to talk about on the podcast. I'll tell you later about laser lady. But let's just say you've you've used her, her actual real name before in the past for a part that you've done on Sovereign Tech. Oh. So, anyway. But it is time for a Relationship Rhombus show. Uh, and uh, as oft happens, because of mine and Stephanie's very busy schedules... Um, we, you know, we're recording it in a car, you know, because it's a great opportunity. We've got a bit of a drive on us. And, uh... Seriously, why not use this time? It's a great use of our time, and it makes the drive go fast. Yeah. We just actually had a wonderful, uh, visit to the... We had a spa day. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, you know, a little time in the hot tub and everything. I mean, that was, a uh, Favorite which... healthy Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And we had some vegan chocolates. Yeah, oh boy, and we're bringing a bunch of these chocolates home, too. Mm -hmm. uh, That means we didn't eat all of them, so we did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but the zits on my face is going to be terrible. Anyway, oh, I just ruined the moment. But uh, <laughs> you always think you get breakouts because of I chocolate. do. That is such an old wives' tale. That's no, like an urban, that no. is such an urban legend. That comes from the fat phobia of the '90s when people thought that greasy foods would make your face break out. And it's true with French fries, but because French fries are inflammatory and they have like you know rancid vegetable oil that they're cooked in, not because of the fat content. No. All right. Now I I do I think that soda and chocolates do cause me to break out. I really think so. Well, soda maybe, but yeah, I wonder why that is. You know? Well, anyway. Is I, it the caramel flavoring, which some people say uh, is very inflammatory because it's basically gly- um, glycation end products of sugars. It's in caramelized sugars. Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really drink it anymore. I used to drink Diet Coke like a, I mean, it was nonstop. You know, mm-hmm. the bumper inside me was really clean. Uh, use cola products to, to clean bumpers. Okay. It's kind of like the old joke. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we've been uh, we've been enjoying things. You know, I'll tell you. Well, well this is the Relationship Rhombus Show, which is, of course, the show where you can send in your questions, your relationship questions, and Stephanie and I will cover them in the Sovereign Tech Patreon feed. Um, you know, going to you know going to the hot tub, spending some time, getting away a little bit. You know, I mean, like that's that's a good thing to keep a relationship. Oh, yeah. On fire, as it were. Yeah. And, uh... We had some sexy times in there. Yeah, oh, we, oh, we've... Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we get good ideas in there, too. That's the other thing, because it's, like, no screen time, you know? Well, that's the best, is that, yeah, generally, like, I mean, unless we're taking, I don't know, we're just kind of being asses about it a bit and taking selfies of ourselves <laughs> in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no screens, and... And absolutely, we'll start talking, and just the sexiest and most creative ideas end up, you know, coming up. And, I mean, honestly, a lot of the things that I do with Sovereign Tech came out of times where you and I were in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, 
you know, I, well, I could go on, I could go on and on because I, I, I've always said that hot tubs are like the, um, they're the real stabilizing force and the great creator of, uh, of civilizations. If civilization is a good thing. So anyway, we've got some questions to get into. Actually, one of them is an article that we'll be getting into, but, uh, we'll try and get into a couple of the questions that are sent in. Of course, if you want to send in your questions to the Relationship Rhombus Show, uh, you can do so through Patreon. There's a Patreon post I make every month that you can post them under, or you can send them to the Patreon private messenger. You could also use the community tab on Patreon, or if you really want to be like super anonymous because your Patreon handle isn't anonymous, uh, you are welcome to, send, as many do, you're welcome to send them to my email address, or just go to contact.cog.ninja, and then I don't need to know your email address. Uh, that's that's one of the better ways, uh, really, to go. So, well, why don't we just open this shit right up? <laughs> okay. Stephanie? Yes. How do you feel about collars? Oh, was it directed at me? Well, no, it was directed at both of us, okay. but I mean, it's a very, very simple question. Because <laughs> that but... could be a very different question, you know, like, <laughs> would you like to wear my collars? Well, I think we could, we could run the gamut on it, right? Like, I mean, we could talk about, you know, how do you feel about guys wearing collars? How do you feel about gals wearing collars? Etc. Okay. Do you want to open this up or I can? Sure. So, um, I'm guessing they don't mean like the priestly collar. They mean like a, BD- <laughs> a BDSM kind of collar. Yes. And what that is, is BDSM is kink, basically. Yeah, this came, by the way, this came with an Amazon link that that showed a gal wearing like kind of a thicker leather collar. So okay. Just, so, so you... Just for perspective. Okay, Okay, so that's interesting. So they could be even asking this question. So they could be... Okay, I'll back up and rewind first. All right. I think, or what I thought when I heard the question is they're talking about a BDSM kind of collar. And what that means is that in the kink community or in the world of BDSM, um, some people wear collars, which are usually black usually leather, but it could be made of any material. It could Uh be lace, it could be fabric, it could be felt, you know, it could be like a choker, you know, kind of style. Usually it is like a tight necklace, it's kind of choker style. Sometimes it has a lock on it, sometimes it has a little padlock and somebody has the key, that's not you. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes you can't even remove it yourself, Uh, you have to have someone else unlock it. Sometimes it is just like a regular clasp, like a necklace, sometimes it's more kind of symbolic. But it's a symbol of commitment and servitude or submission to a a master or a dominant. Right. A submissive wears a collar to symbolize their submission to a dominant. And it's... It's kind of like a wedding ring in a way. <laughs> you know, like spouses, right? They wear a ring to signal to the world their commitment to their spouse. And it goes both ways. You know, there's not really uh, a clear dominant or submissive, I guess, in that kind of relationship. But everybody's familiar with the concept of a wedding ring. It's like if you see someone who's wearing a wedding band, you know that they're married and you're like, okay they're married that means I shouldn't hit on them or well some people are like ooh they're married I can see a challenge here (laughs) but a collar is kind of the same thing it's like it's a way to telegraph to the world I am a submissive that is in a relationship or in service to a dominant right and usually the dominant doesn't wear anything 
that shows that they are in a relationship with the submissive because why should they? They're the dominant. It's a power exchange, right? Yeah. They've got all the power and the submissive has none and they're giving it up by wearing this collar or they're just showing their, their devotion. They're, they're using it as a way to show their devotion. And usually in the BDSM, I think usually in the kink world, this means a pretty serious relationship or a serious commitment. Some people use it as a symbol of being in a 24-7 dom-sub relationship, where that means, like, they never really break the fourth wall, you know? They never break character. They're, or it's not really a character. It's part of who they are. Yeah. They are, you know, all the time in service to their master, and they wear the collar as a symbol of that, to remind everybody of that, including themselves. Um... Some people, it doesn't go on 24-7. It's just, I'm in a relationship with this person, and they're my dominant, and I'm their submissive, and that's how it is. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not like they're, it's not like the dominant has complete control over their life, and they essentially can't, say, ever challenge them or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, people who play in BDSM and have this kind of thing, they have safe words, and they have agreements, and everything's supposedly supposed to be negotiated very carefully beforehand. So it's a lifestyle thing. And um, so that's what I understand the meaning of a collar. Now, some people, vanilla people, people who are not kinky or not really into the, the serious subculture of BDSM, some people have seen these collars and culturally appropriated them as a fashion statement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not really, I'm sort of kidding when I say cultural appropriation, just because it's a buzzword. But, you know, some people wear things that look like a collar, but they're not kinky. They're not in a BDSM relationship. They just think it looks cool. Right. Now that can be mistaken, you know, because somebody will go to a club or a bar with a leather collar with a ring on it on and they might just think it looks cool but somebody else might see that and think oh who's your master or are you looking for a master <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> so uh i think i think you know with the, the appearance of collars on amazon you know there could certainly be some of that going on as well uh some people just mean them as a fashion statement I understand them to be a, a, a statement of kink, you know, a lifestyle statement. I am committed to somebody, and I'm in this, I'm in this lifestyle. And if you see this and you understand what it means, then you know maybe we can be friends, or maybe you can invite me to a BDSM meetup or something like that, or a play party or whatever, or just know that we're kinky. You know, you just uh, there'll be a shared understanding. Um, I think it's, I, I mean, shit. Like, so many people wear wedding rings. I don't think it's much different than that, honestly. Sure, it's sure. A, it's just a symbol of commitment. You wear something around your body to symbolize maybe your partner's love surrounding your body. Maybe you're, as a constant reminder, you feel it on your skin. You know, um, it's a constant reminder to yourself as well as everybody else that you're in this kind of relationship. And um, some people really get off on that. Some people like it just it makes them feel secure. It reminds them that their partner is always there and loves them. Um, you know, I, I think it's cool. Like, I, um, if, what? if, no, I just, I, I'm trying to decide what I think of it and also trying to drive it sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's definitely cool. Um, as long as it was 
comfortable, you know, if I, if I felt that way, I would wear one, you know, or I would have someone wear, wear mine, you know, I think that's Ooh. pretty cool. <laughs> Some other gal? Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose so. Like, I just, <laughs> I guess I'm technically what you would call a switch in BDSM, but with strong dominant tendencies, like, you know, most, most people, I'm just such a goddess that I'm top, you know. Yeah, generally you're just worshipped. <laughs> yeah, I need to be worshipped, yeah. definitely. But for the right person, you know, I might, uh, <laughs> I might get a little bit submissive, I guess. <laughs> so you think they're cool? You think they're fine? I think, yes, I think they're cool. Yeah. I, I think they're cool and I think, I don't think they should be, I don't think they, I, I think people are are missing an opportunity, you know, when they wear them just as a fashion statement, because it means so much more than that. You know? Yeah, right, right. I appreciate the deeper meaning of, of collars, and I respect them, and I respect the lifestyle that they are symbolic of. Sure. And if I saw somebody wearing one, um, I would understand what it meant, and I would sort of silently acknowledge it. I don't think I would, like, just talk to someone about it, like, start a conversation, because that's not really my style. Just like I don't talk to people about their wedding rings, but I would look at it, and I would understand what it meant, meant yeah, so, and I would respect it. So, uh, who's your master, you know? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Kinda, yeah, it would be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, exactly. Like, well, you don't, you know, I, I guess when people are hitting on each other, sometimes they'll say, well, I don't see a ring on your finger. You know, oh, um, yeah. but I wouldn't go up to somebody and say, "Well, I don't see a collar on your neck." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you looking for a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, you you hit at like other possibilities. Where honestly, some people will do this, like it's just something they do at night, like it's just for fun. Like, yeah, they yeah. like to, they like to pretend. That, you know, either their guy or their gal, whatever, whoever's master, you know, whoever's in charge, whoever's the dominant, and then the other person just pretends to, like, you know, be be the submissive, right, for a couple hours or an hour or five minutes, I don't know, whatever the well, average is for them. Maybe they don't the pretend person. they are the submissive, but they, it, there's a boundary on when they do that. Right, know? but they're not, it's not like their lifestyle where they're going, like, 24-7 right. and calling you know themselves master and all or you know calling somebody master and all that yes um yes master yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i'm i'm a fan of both like i think both are fine you know i don't have any real problem with either either way that that goes uh i know some people like to be discreet and they'll wear a choker Mm -hmm. instead of a full-on collar to you know like at the very least let their master know that they remember, you know, that they're they're the submissive or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that can be interesting. But that could easily be seen as a fashion statement, you know, just right. the chokers, style of necklace, right? Yeah, and chokers are just, you know, or at least they're, I don't know if they've ever gone out of popularity. They're certainly no. far more popular in the 90s. I think they're sexy They're coming as hell. back into fashion. Yeah, I, I, I think like they're really chokers. sexy. Yeah, I yeah. like that style of necklace. I have several myself. Yeah, I bought you some of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't see any problem with it. And I mean, but what do you what do you think about? Let me ask you this. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of take it to the next level. Like, what do you what do you think about? You know, like a leash. 
I mean, the collar, like a lot of the collars that people wear in BDSM, you know, they have the metal hook on them mm-hmm. to put the leash on. Yep. But I mean, like... Okay, so yeah, you brought up another thing that I was sort of thinking of but didn't, didn't say, was which was that, you know, who else wears collars? Well, pets. Right. Right? Right. Some submissives like to think of themselves as sort of more like a pet, right. where they're being taken care of and they have like an owner, you know, yeah. who takes care of their every need and just dotes on them. And they're like, and, and in return, they give their love and obedience to their owner. And their owner is always the person they protect and follow around and everything like that. Right. Um, I think that's really sweet. And for some people that, you know, shit, some vanilla people have that dynamic and don't even acknowledge that it could be kinky, you know? Yeah, like, right, right. How many times have you heard someone say, well, I just want a husband to take care of me and, and you know, do everything for, fix all the stuff around the house and, you know, to give me money and to <laughs> yeah. take care of me. And yeah, they're like, the they're, they're not on a leash and they're not crawling around on all fours like some no, would. But, but they're a pet, yeah, right? right? Like, right, or right. kind of, they're kind of a pet, right? Sure, they, sure. They have agency, of course. They're a human being, but like, you can see some similarities to an owner sort of taking care of a pet. And that's fine. You know, some people love that dynamic. It makes them feel really secure. You know, maybe their parents didn't take care of them as as they needed a child or as they needed a parent to. Or maybe their parents did take care of them and they loved it and they want to feel that way forever. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to speculate about why people get fetishes and kinks and why they get off on what they do. I'm sure, you know, it's not my job to psychoanalyze, right? You could have a field day psychoanalyzing me. I'm sure some people do, but you know, (laughs) the point is, you know, that is just one way some people like to be in relationships. And if you want to kind of formalize it with a BDSM kind of collar, if you want to call yourself, yourself a pet, that kind of submissive, if you want to call your your partner and owner or master or whatever and you want to play with that that's fine you know right. i think it's kind of cool well i think something to, an important thing to bring up because you know under like let's say you're a principled anarchist right mm-hmm. um you know i think some people would see a problem with the idea of someone choosing to be say a slave or a pet or something like that. Like like the idea that you're getting rid of your agency. But but here's actually, here's really the thing. And this is what I think if there's such a thing as a great dominant, this is the attitude that they have. And we actually talked about this um, during one of the hentai reviews. I think we were reviewing uh, Fencer of Minerva mm-hmm. for, um, for Patreon, for Sovereign Tech's Patreon. And you can find those episodes, folks, if you haven't uh, heard those? Just look for the tab uh, hentai on Patreon, and you can you, know, you can find Ooh, those episodes. There's a whole tab. Yeah, yeah, for hentai. So in that, we were talking about how, like, when we talked about BDSM and how in that show there was this kind of you know there's a lot of this master slave dynamic and everything. That actually, ironically, in that show, the ma- the lead character's name is Show, and <laughs> Show in it, Show. show he knows that the real power lies with the slave because the slave can at any time just say fuck you and like right they choose to be there right Diana was called the slave queen because she was a queen or a princess but she wanted to she chose to be the slave to to show yeah right but like but that was all he was a slave to her yeah and but it was like a continual choice Mm -hmm. on her part yeah that she could have chose otherwise at any given time and so, like, the dominant needs to understand that really all the real power 
exists with the submissive. Like, I, I think at the end of the day. Yeah, that's one way to look at it, and I certainly appreciate that viewpoint. Another one is that, you know, there's so many times in life, whenever we have to deal with government or whenever we sure. have to, you know, when we get, when we get, uh, you know, pushed around by the cops or taxed or whatever, um, this person just flashed their lights at me. What does that mean? I have no idea. Okay. Maybe my lights are, oh yeah, my lights are not on. Oh, there we go. Oh. All right. This uh, public safety announcement brought to you by Sovereign Tech, <laughs> lovely hyperintelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, the boss. Okay, so, um, where was I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying when you have to deal with government in your day to day yeah, lives? Yeah, there's so many times in our lives, not just government, but like when we're growing up in school or like in our families, like we have no power as kids. And nobody, sure. Nobody cares like what we want or what, you know, like some people try to be you know, consider what we need and give us what we need. But, you know, a lot of times it's like we're on the bottom rung of the power ladder and we know it and there's nothing we can do about it except just wait and hope that it gets better. <laughs> and sometimes it does, but there's power structures in adult society too that you just can't always get on top of. Yeah. I mean, nobody's on top of all of them unless they're, you know, Trump or something. Right. Right. And you could argue he's not even in, really in charge, right? There's some shadowy Illuminati group that's pulling the strings on him. So it's all non-consensual BDSM in society. You might as well take control of it and create and make it into sex. And it's very subversive to do that. Do you get I'm, what I'm saying? Right? No, like you like, make it into a game. Okay, so oh, yeah, yeah, you take okay. those you take those those power dynamics that you can't always control in life. And then you make it into a situation where you can control. You create an environment and it's where actually you do have something control. that gets you off. Yeah, and, sure. And then you're like, "Well, who's laughing now?" Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, yeah. No, that's fair. That's so, fair. So yeah, it can be very subversive. That's why some people like. That's why there's a high correlation between like, you know, people who are political radicals, I guess you could say, and kink and BDSM because you know they, that subversiveness kind of goes together. Why not bring it into your sex life too? Right. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. So, yeah, collars, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, rock, rock and roll, have yeah, a good time with them. Cool. Uh, they can be hot, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it can really be something. So, okay, um, anything else you want to add on that? Otherwise, we can move on to our next bit. Yeah, I think it's nice. You think, think it's it, nice? I think it's nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be really sweet, huh? It can be really sweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say, like... You know, the whole collar thing quick. Just, and, and kind of, to, I think, to the last point you were making there. Like, I love the idea of... I, I think it is subversive to, in a very real sense, create your own... I mean, reality is objective. You know, you don't actually, like, control reality so much. But to kind of create your own little world that you live within, your own little fantasy world in a way, I think that can be pretty hot. You know, and, oh, yeah. and in many ways, like BDSM relationships and things like that, are very much doing that. It's the original VR. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, fair. Um, but I, I mean, I, I can think that be, that can be really sexy. I mean, and, and if you, and honestly, like if you live that up twenty four seven, that's even better. Like that's that's pretty cool. You know, I, I can really get behind that. Um, so anyway, uh, why don't we why don't we switch it up here? 
And this is this is an article. Boy, I got this a while, while back. This is back from January 2018. I remember you mentioning this a while ago. Yeah. 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 We're a little late to the party, but that's okay. Yeah. So, and the headline really kind of like the headline is uh, well. Now I can't think of the phrase, but the headline takes the whole thing away. So, like, there's no surprise as to what number one is. But this is the number one searches on Pornhub for 2017. Oh boy. Do, do you want to try your seatbelts? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to try your guess at number 1 before I I read the headline? Mm, gay. Gay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what these fucking freaks are watching. <laughs> I just know there's a lot of closeted gay people still in 2017. Well, this is true. This is very true. Um, so I'm reading the story that was. Is this like worldwide or U.S. or regional? Uh, I think it's just the U.S. So, but I, okay. this is well, actually, I, I guess this is maybe worldwide because the story that got sent to me is from the United Kingdom. It's uh, from theweek.co.uk, and here, here's the headline: "Porn for Women Revealed as Pornhub's Top Search of 2017." What? Yeah. What? Porn for women. Okay, that's the last thing I would have guessed. I know. That is the last, literally the last, I would have said MILF, stepmother, <laughs> hey, anal, Asian, anything except porn for porn women. Porn for women. Maybe maybe the world's getting better. Finally, women maybe are saying, you know what? Maybe there's a backlash against all the fucking porn for men. Yeah, right. Maybe they're saying, you know, so. enough of men. I want porn for women. You know? All right. Well, anyway. Uh, let's read a little bit of the story here. Uh, women are seeking out female-friendly porn in record numbers, according to the Internet's most popular porn site. Porn How do they know it's women seeking it out? Uh, if they're basing it upon account creation, uh-huh. that, that could be from it. Okay. Uh, Pornhub's end-of-year roundup reveals that searches for porn for women soared in 2017. Female users searched for the phrase 359% more frequently than in 2016, site found. Wow. While overall searches increased by 1,400%, making it the top trending search of the year. The trend towards porn aimed at female viewers is reflected in other major porn websites. Rival site X Hamster reported a 2.4% overall increase in female users accessing the site. Perhaps most surprisingly, the deeply conservative kingdom of Saudi Arabia saw an 11% rise in the amount of women seeking out X-rated videos. Woo! See, you give them driver's licenses, and next thing you know, they're on Pornhub on the VPN. When it comes Wow, that's to, crazy. That's it, really interesting. Yeah. When it comes to particular preferences, Pornhub statistics showed that male users seek out, and this is funny because it's kind of what you said, MILFs and stepmoms... See, I know, I can predict the male brain, I know it. While the female viewership inclines towards celebrity sex tapes and lesbians, TechCrunch reports. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Sure. This is reflected in the UK, where the most search terms 2017 were lesbian. Also, the worldwide number one, uh, lesbian was the worldwide number one, followed by MILF, stepsister, and stepmom. Yeah, so, uh, let's see. So, in the United Kingdom, they have a breakdown for the UK here, which I think is just as interesting and valid. Um, top five porn stars, Kim Kardashian, which she's not really a porn star. Yeah, is that the whole thing where they, like, Photoshop 
someone's face onto yeah. somebody else's body. That or, or they're just, I don't know, like clumping put together an interesting compilation of Kim Kardashian. I mean, that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mia Khalifa, which that's not terribly surprising. Who's that? Uh, she is Arabic. And okay. she has huge boobs. Okay. And she looks kind of nerdy when she puts on glasses. Okay. So I think that excites people. Uh, Lisa Ann, which everybody knows Oh, I knows know Lisa, Lisa Ann, Ann. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, Sarah Palin, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, she did play Sarah Palin. Palin Palin. Yeah. Uh, Riley Reed, who I don't know who that is. And Brandy Love, who I also don't know who that is. Okay. Uh, top five categories were, number one, lesbian, two, MILF, three, mature, four, anal, Five big tits. Nice. Okay. Top uh, top searches of 2017. Lesbian, and I'm just going to do them in descending order, right? With number one being at the top. So lesbian was at the top. Milf was number two. And sorry, the screen's got to disappear. From there we go. Okay. Stepsister number three. Stepmom. Massage. Lesbians scissoring. <laughs> British. That's specific. Lesbian seduces straight. Oh, that's got to be a good one. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Real celebrity sex tape. Squirt. British Chev. Chev? I don't know what the hell that is. And J-O-I. I also don't know what that is. J-O-I? Yeah. Um, Top trending searches. Let's see. Number one was Fidget Spinner. (laughs) (laughs) Cheerleaders number two. British amateur dogging. Real, uh, real celebrity sex tape, British amateur, VR, and BBW. Which was BBW's... Big, beautiful big, women. Big, beautiful women. Um, top relative categories, viewed percent more than when compared to world. Mature, number one, lesbian bondage, most celebrity. Anyway, let's read, let's read more of the story. Other insights from Pornhub's end-of-the-year review reveal that viewers' preferences are not what you might expect. After Porn for Women, the searches which underwent the biggest leap in popularity were Rick and Morty. What? <laughs> and uh, the aforementioned Fidget Spinner, which I don't know what the hell they're doing with Fidget Spinners. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. The company's VP, Corey Price, admitted he was baffled by the inclusion of the popular gadget. It's, quote, <laughs> it's unimaginable why people in our audience are looking for videos that include it, end quote, he said. Um, so yeah, it says, uh, then there's another chart here from Pornhub, the searches that define 2017. Again, number one, porn for women. Number two, Rick and Morty. Number three, fidget spinner. Number four, 1080p. Number five, ASMR. Number six. ASMR. Yeah, right. Oh my God. Uh, number six was hentai. Oh. Cheerio. Uh, and seven was cheerleader. The amount of porn being consumed by both male and female visitors is staggering. 2017, Pornhub users streamed 3,732 petabytes of data, says Campaign Live. Quote, enough to fill the storage of every iPhone in the world, end quote. Wow. So there's a lot of porn being watched. That's a amount of porn. So, wait a minute, 3,000 petabytes? Yeah. Okay, that's another order of magnitude above PETA. So what comes above PETA? Well, uh, is that a flop? I'm not sure it's after petabyte, but petabyte is a thousand. One petabyte is a thousand terabytes, right? I think, or a hundred terabytes. Oh, I, I forget. Think so yeah, no, I can't think of it. No, anyway, a thousand. It would be a thousand. Yeah, but I mean, but that's that's just a stupid amount of um, 
Yeah, it'd be a thousand, right? Yeah, that's, that's just, an unimaginable amount of data. That's yeah, that's so it's just crazy. You can't wrap uh, your head around it. Which is amazing. I mean, I'm sure YouTube does significantly more, mm-hmm. but that's still impressive as hell. Uh, yeah. I mean, just just remarkable. So, Rick and Morty, I, I don't get it. Like, the characters aren't sexy at all. Like, I... Right. Like I know Simpsons porn has been popular for a really, really long time, and I and actually I think that's kind of strange. Yeah, um, I think that's weird. Yeah. yeah, because most of the characters are kids. Um, but I I don't get the Rick and Morty thing. Like I I, I don't. I mean I, the show doesn't doesn't steer clear of sex. Quite the opposite. But I don't really. I don't get. Are that they just one. trying to watch episodes of Rick and Morty on Pornhub? That's they, possible. Maybe they think it's just it'll be on there because it's not on YouTube or something because it's too too foul for YouTube. Yeah, I, I mean, like I I really like um, like a lot of these parody movies that get made. Yeah, uh, where they're parodies of popular franchises and all this stuff, and but. You know, like, some of them, no. Like, Rick and Morty, what the fuck? Yeah, it could go too far. <laughs> yeah, or, like, I, I just, I don't I don't get it. And maybe somebody could message me, message us, and tell us, okay, no, what's the deal with Rick and Morty? Yeah, like, not theories. Like, if you actually get it. Yeah, if you actually are into it. If you get it, some kind of joke that we don't, tell right. us. Right, <laughs> yeah, tell, tell, tell explain it. it to us, okay? Um, the fidget spinner, yeah, that's weird. I mean, even when the when the VP of the company doesn't understand that one, I mean, yeah, that's, that's they, he's scratching out. his head. Yeah, so, Funny. but like in all seriousness, what do you think is the reason for porn for women seeing such a meteoric rise in search and being number one? Like, I mean, what 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 do you think has brought that on? I think that women are reclaiming their sexuality and agency over their bodies, and it's part of the Me Too movement. Ah, yeah. And part, you know, part of that is saying, "Hey, I'm not a sex object for men's pleasure. Sure. I have my own sexuality, and I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure out what I like, basically. Right. And I don't want to watch the shitty porn for men where women are being abused. Fuck that. I want to see porn that's made for me. I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to watch something that is clearly not meant for me to enjoy. I want something that, that you know, honors me." as a sexual being. Yeah. I think that's what it's about. Yeah, I think... I mean, two things. So, so obviously, the internet empowers porn. You know, like, the, the ease of viewing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not just because of, uh, you know, access, but also because of the lack of cost. You can watch it for free. Um, I, I think you have... While you have that, at the same time, you also have a lot of content online where because you know well okay so in the 90s and before that like most sex education came through porn tapes or through you know the few things you could actually like some of the videos that you could see online mm-hmm. that that was porn um like at the time i think reality kings was like the biggest deal back in the late 90s okay is this with your 56k modem uh, yeah 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 or like just or at 128k the beginning. yeah right just at the beginning of, uh, well, not what, 28, but, but 28, yeah. Uh, but just at the beginning of where broadband was becoming a thing and all that. Uh-huh. But now it's to the point where there's, you know, you have podcasts and you have blogs and you have all these other things that the internet didn't originally have that are telling you, that are giving you a genuine sex education. 
and telling women, no, this is what you can expect. Mm -hmm. Sex doesn't have to hurt. You don't have to be objectified. You don't have, you know, etc., etc., etc. When you're in high school, right? Expect that to be like a normal thing, right? So, I mean, like, there's a chance, and, and it's a beautiful thing if so, that hardcore porn is going the way of the dodo. I mean, it's never going to completely go away, mm-hmm. but that, you know, like, we're seeing the man behind the curtain. Like, yeah. no, this is not how sex has to be. This is not the reality of the situation, you know? And, and I, I well, I think that's great, you know? Like, Yeah. I, I think there's been a lot of attention, too, lately on, you know, I, I actually kind of wonder, like, how much of this search term was men searching for porn for women? Sure. Were they searching for it for their girlfriends, or were they searching for it maybe even for themselves? Well, I can believe that. I think there's been a lot of backlash lately against the hardcore, kind of shocking, um, compulsion-driven porn that's really crude and really violent and really shocking. That, like, there's been a lot of talk in the last few years about basically how that kind of porn can be addictive and how it can change people's brains in such a way that they're unable to really enjoy actual partner sex in real life. Right. And then there's been a lot of talk about like, you know, people of a certain generation, age, you know, a young generation, screenagers as they call them, grew up learning about sex from porn. Like, you know, basically not going on dates and not really having a lot of real life sex because it's just easier to stay home and watch porn. And I think there's backlash against all of those things. Like, a lot of people talking about sort of the negative effects that porn has. And so they think, maybe they think or they realize the truth that (laughs) porn for women is less likely to affect those negative consequences on you, on your life. Sure. And that's why they're searching for it. Sure. Yeah. I. I mean. I see it. I see it as a very good thing. I mean. You know. No matter. I. I can't even really picture the, the negative, uh, uh, or. I can't picture a detrimental answer. Like I can't. Or I can't picture an answer that I. I think would be bad, mm-hmm. as far as why this is possibly skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and yeah. I mean. And and maybe. Maybe it's a lot of guys too. You know, looking up porn for women. That that are, maybe they're trying to figure out, okay, what do women actually want? And if so, great. You know, I, I hope that that's happening. Oh, or maybe the, so. the lesbian population has skyrocketed. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're looking for the real education and all that, which also, great. You know, I think that's, that's phenomenal. Um, now, hentai was pretty high in this. Now, you mentioned about how, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about porn desensitizing and all that. And, and I agree that that kind of can happen or where people can get hooked on it to the degree that normal sex just doesn't work for them. Okay, I can understand that. Now, one of the things I personally love about hentai is that you can get into the ridiculous and fantastical, but I don't think your brain ever, like, says that's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think so. There's that line of, okay, this is an animation. This is right. definitely not real. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right that that's, that helps create kind of a boundary, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan, honestly, of hentai. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the fact that you can do all these kinds of crazy things and really explore 
honestly, a lot of possibilities that you'd never want to see happen in real life, frankly. And no human and beings were harmed in the making exactly, of this yeah, Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I think that it might be one of the safest and best ways to bring your fantasies to, not reality, but to somewhere outside of your brain, if you have them. Um, I'm a, you know, I, I think hentai is wonderful. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying there aren't ugly sides to hentai as well. There certainly can be. Yeah. Okay. Um, but overall, I, I think it's pretty harmless. I mean, what, what do you think of it, Stephanie? I've introduced it to you uh, over the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, well, there's hentai, and then there's hentai, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and admittedly, you know, I've dipped my toe into the shallow end of the pool with hentai. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do like the idea that, you know, you can explore different scenes and ideas without having to employ actual actors. I like the sort of vegan-esque nature of it, you know, where it's like, <laughs> no, it's, this is def- this is ethical because no person actually had to do this crazy shit, you Right, know? right. Uh, so I definitely like it from that aspect. Um, I, I will say that, you know, I don't have, I don't think my fetishes or kinks or whatever or preferences are really that out there. Like, I'm pretty vanilla, I would say. Sure. <laughs> Relative to what's seen in a lot of hentai. And so, you know, I don't really need to, like, I guess, I guess I could imagine all, of, I don't really watch porn either, so like. That's going to be my next question. Yeah, no. I mean, I think erotica is another thing, another way you can explore in a way that doesn't involve real humans. And oh, yeah. And you can explore anything you want, basically. You can write about anything you want or yeah. re- read about anything you want. And you create the picture that you want to see exactly in your mind's eye. You can imagine the characters exactly as you want to imagine them. You know, you right. can put your ex-girlfriend's face on one of them. You could put your, you can put Kim Kardashian's booty on one of them, you know, <laughs> and it's, who cares? Because it's in your mind and no one can censor it. Yeah. So I, I like erotica too for that reason. But yeah, anime is kind of similar. Our hentai is kind of similar. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, it's interesting that it's at number six as far as like, and, and that it is growing because that really used to be really, really niche, especially in, I mean, anywhere outside of Japan, frankly, Mm -hmm. it was really niche. Uh, So, you know, it's gone mainstream. You could say that's, you know, yeah, it's gone mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I I saw a funny meme the other day where like this kid's wearing this shirt that has a reference to hentai Uh and it said something like when your teacher can't scold you for wearing a hentai shirt because then they'd admit they know what hentai is. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> but, oh, that's cute. but it has very much gotten to that point. I think where where that's that's gone very mainstream. Um, any other comments on Pornhub in 2017? I mean that I really hope it reflects a feminist uprising and changing tide in in porn. Woo, right on. Yeah, I. Um, I will say, because I, and I know these kind of really sick sites are out there. There's a movie I saw a long time ago, and, like, this is a movie that's actually banned in the United States. Um, It's called The Serbian Film. Do not watch it. Like, whoever the hell's listening to me, don't fucking watch this movie, because it will, it is terribly disturbing. But I've always been worried that eventually, like, 
if the pendulum didn't swing in the opposite direction, where, I mean, and I've talked about this, actually, I talked about this in episode 281 of Sovereign Tech, where, like, I'm a much bigger fan of softcore porn than I am hardcore porn, yeah. by a long shot. Um, and I've been worried that if in the popular mindset that the pendulum didn't swing back to where people were more into a little something a little more realistic, you know, maybe pointing in the direction of more softcore than hardcore, that hardcore was going to go in some really, really scary directions. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you see in this movie, the Serbian film. Stop um, promoting it. Well, I'm just saying that I'm glad that that's not the direction seen, things seem to have gone. Um, and and it is it does appear to be going the other direction. And hopefully this speaks to the overall education, honestly, of the species of humanity. And uh, and I hope that it you know it lends to showing the beauty of sex more so than anything else, and that that can have an overall. Uh, there was another story that got sent in to me that was about how like social liberalism was really on the rise statistically in America. Good. I couldn't be happier, uh, and that included you know having to do with you know homosexuality, sexuality, all of the above. And so I think this might be showing more of that groundswell, where people are finally saying, yeah, you know, conservatism, fuck that shit. Like, we've had enough of that, and we can look at sexuality in a very, you know, in a healthy way, in a loving way, and a bunch of other things. Yeah, why do you think the conservatives are fighting so hard for it? Because they know they're losing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, anyway. Why are they trying so hard to trap people in a traditional lifestyle? by guilting them into marriage and having kids. Right. Because they know that's the only way they can get them. Because a lot of people, you know, some people are very happy in that lifestyle, but some people aren't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, other than, honestly, other than the Rick and Morty thing, I thought this was fairly, you know, okay. I've yeah. seen worse. Yeah. Interesting. You know? it's, it is interesting. And I mean, Lisa Ann being kind of high on the list there, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about her is, like, she's been around for a long time. Long time, yeah. I mean, so, I hope she's getting some kind of, I hope she's making money off of it. That's all I have to say. Like, because I know, nowadays, it's hard for porn stars to make money sometimes, you know. I, I just hope that, I hope that all these women who are getting so many views are finding some way to capture money for it so that they'll be set for the rest of their lives. Because if they're not, then that's just really sad. They give, they've given people so much pleasure and enjoyment, and they should, they should be taken care of for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I, I think that that, I think, like, the really big names are doing, are still doing a degree of money of some kind. Um, and I think that we're also, and I've talked about this a few times on Sovereign Tech, um, we're at the we're on the cusp of like you know how the internet in a way disrupted the music industry, disrupted film, disrupted a whole bunch of things and porn included. But it's porn is really going to get disrupted. Like Pornhub has the community. It's called Pornhub Community, where like anybody, you know, they could be somewhere in New Hampshire, and they they can become a porn star right from New Hampshire. You know, and they can become a really big deal. Um, and I think that that's amazing. I mean, these these you know guys and gals are real entrepreneurs in what they're doing with Pornhub community, where it's kind of like YouTube for Pornhub. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not professional porn; it's amateur stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's people doing like you know, and then they they get connected either on Patreon 
or some other alternative and, and it's you know some of these gals are doing like really really big money mm-hmm. um, so I you know I, I think that that's awesome too that that can happen you know what the hell I'll go for it mm-hmm. so all right um, speaking of softcore porn um, this is this is actually kind of the the rest of a question that I recently answered on episode 281 of Sovereign Tech. Mm-hmm. And the question on episode 281 was about how do they get their hands on a collection of softcore porn movies? Like, because they they got the, or maybe they're kidding around, I don't know, but they got the, the idea that somehow you and I, Stephanie, were watching softcore porns like every night for dinner. Which it's <laughs> well, not, not every night, but, you know, we'll go through a few spats where we will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's not every night. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I couldn't really give like a great answer to to that, you know, because it's just some it's just stuff I've collected over time. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so you know, I, I kind of corrected that that part of it. But here's like here's the second half of it, which is, but how do you feel about watching porn while having sex? Does it mean the relationship is over? Do you choose softcore over hardcore? Now, I can, we already kind of answered, or at least I answered, about yeah. the softcore over, over uh, hardcore. I do prefer softcore porn over hardcore porn. Um, yeah. For, for a million reasons. I can't remember the last time I saw any hardcore porn. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, you know, even the softcore, we don't watch it while we're having sex. We watch no. it before we have sex, or well, we watch I, it, like, you know. I can edit this if you want. I think there might have been a couple times where we There did. were a few times where yeah. we watched it and then we put, like, we paused the movie and had sex. Yeah, you know? yeah, or, yeah, Or we, yeah. like, put the laptop over in the, you know, on the floor while right. we had sex and looked into each other's eyes. Like, we weren't literally fucking and, like, had one eye on the screen, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, oh, even that was only, like, you know, it's it's not every time by any means. It's not even 5% of the time. It's, like, one, you know, maybe 1%. No, I mean, sex for us is also kind of no screen time. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point. You know, unless, and, I, and I've done this a few times, where, you know, I'll have a, a flame on the laptop screen, and I know it's cheesy. It's meant to be. Oh, uh, but I like that. I yeah. really love that. <laughs> Brian puts on a YouTube video of just a fireplace, right. and he puts it in the corner of the bedroom, and we listen to the fireplace sounds crackling, and we talk and cuddle and have sex. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've done, like, a... I've done underwater scenes as well. Oh, yeah, that's at times, which that's Those fun. are nice. Yeah, um, definitely. Space scenes can be fun, too, if you're, if you're in that mood. But uh, anyway, so... So is it the end of a relationship? Yeah, yeah so I mean, how do you feel about watching... So, well, let's, first, let's ask, how do you feel about watching porn while having sex? I, uh, you know, I've never felt the need to do it, you know? Uh-huh. I, I've always been just really much more interested in concentrating on what's right there in front of me with my partner. Sure. Maybe it would be something I'd watch in bed with somebody and then pause it or turn it off or stop paying attention to it and have sex. But one eye on the screen, no. I mean, I I think I would feel a little bit insulted if somebody was having sex with me while over my shoulder their eyes were on a porn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously they're not really there, you know, they're not really present with me, and they're not thinking about me, they're just kind of masturbating into me, you know, uh-huh. okay. and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like the idea of that, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like 
I, by myself, am not good enough to turn them on or to please them or to entertain them or to hold their attention even. Uh-huh. And that's insulting. Sure, sure. Don't no, you I, think? I, I, yes, I can completely understand that. Um, yeah, so, so would you say if, like, say, I don't know, a guy mm-hmm. or a gal asks, hey, can we watch some porn while we're, you know, as we go to bed? And if they leave it running while they start having sex, I mean, like, do you see that as, oh, this person's lost interest? I mean, like, um, I would look to see if they were watching the porn uh, while they were having sex with me. Sure. And if they were, I would want to talk to them about it. I would probably say, stop, what are you doing? Uh, Let's, this, is, this is not cool. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a turnoff to me. Like, I want to be worshipped like the goddess that I am. Damn right. I want to be, I want to have my partner's full attention, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so myself, like, I can see watching it and getting turned on. But like you said, but then once you're turned on, turn that shit off. Right, yeah. And in fact, honestly, like... It's like like a warm-up, you know? Yeah, if the shit's playing in the background, it takes me out. Like, even if I'm just hearing the sound. Yeah. um, I, like, just like you wouldn't want the TV on during sex, like... Well, I don't know. Maybe some people do. Some people like to watch TV as like a background noise. It soothes, soothes them or something. But uh-huh. I don't know. Personally, I would find that distracting. Yeah, no. I, I do not. I don't like that. Not well. <laughs> um, I mean, the, oh boy. This is tough. Like, it, it can be... I've been in scenarios. Mm-hmm. Okay in my past where people are like hanging out watching a movie and say like it's people you know everybody's just kind of like laying around everybody's like in it's sleeping a slumber bags, party slumber party yeah. sleeping bags and I'm with a gal and that gal wants to start getting it on and like she pretty much wants to have sex without anybody noticing while everybody's like watching a movie or falling asleep or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, at a party or whatever. Mm-hmm. However the hell this happens. I've been in those situations. And I, like, you can ignore that there's a TV on. Mm-hmm. But I think for some people, I could see where they'd find it hot that you're doing something while, yeah. like... It's kind of like car sex. It's not ideal. It's something yeah. you do... It's something you do when you're a teenager and you're in your 20s because there are limited places and times to fuck where you have privacy. Yeah. And having a TV creates noise that distracts other people and their eyes are on the screen. Maybe you have roommates and you have to put the TV on for sort of white noise to block block out the sound of you having sex. I can see that, but that's, that's just sort of, that's to create privacy. But mm-hmm. if you already have privacy and you're letting the TV intrude on it, then it's intruding on your privacy. So it's a different situation. Right. Yeah, well, how do you... Let me ask you... I mean, it, it, I'm just thinking of this. I mean, what do you think about that? Like, the idea of... Like, I mean, what's the ethics around this? Around having sex, say, consensually with someone, mm-hmm. but the people around don't know. Like, I think, you know, speaking of, like, what's popular in porn, I think this has become kind of popular in porn, mm-hmm. where somebody's having sex and the people nearby have no idea. Mm-hmm. 
you know, for however that ends up working. I mean, like, is that okay? I mean, I think if you can genuinely pull it off to where they have no idea, Uh then, yeah, it's fine. Um, Because I don't know where it's much different than having sex in a closet, you know? Yeah, exactly. At some gala, and, and, like, nobody, you know, everybody else at the party doesn't know. Right. But the thing is, it is really hard to pull it off. Sure. You know? And also, like... Think about if you would do this in front of your grandma or something. I, if, if your grandma was sleeping in the bed next door or sitting yeah, in yeah. the hotel room with you or something like that, would you do it in front of your grandma? Because if you wouldn't, then you probably shouldn't do it in front of your friend. Because if you're involving your friend in your fantasy non-consensually, if like if you have a secret fantasy that you're you you're quote unquote quietly having sex with your partner and your friend's asleep next door and your friend kind of hears it and wakes up and wants to join in that's involving that's pulling them into your kink and they didn't ask for that that's yes cool. that's what I wonder about right yeah so so, you, so be honest with yourself about why are you really doing it here why do you have to do it when there's a chance you could get caught and, right. and who are who are who is there a chance you could get caught by, and is that playing into it at all? <laughs> well, right. I mean, yeah, because for some people, that'd be the thrill, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Of, of getting caught. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like people that have sex outside in nature, mm-hmm. like, I think that's great. Um, the, 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 the excitement of it is fucking in nature, not mm-hmm. potentially getting caught by somebody. That quite the opposite. Well, for you, that's the excitement, but <laughs> right, right. But that's the thing is that yeah, you can have different mindsets with the, with these things, and I think depending upon the mindset, um, I, I think that that's really you know where where the answer of is this okay or not can kind of come in. You know, mm-hmm. if you're wanting people to catch you, I mean, what the fuck? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, don't. I'll make this really easy. Don't suck other people into your fantasy, into Uh, your kink. Don't make them participate in something that turns you on when they haven't agreed to that. Sure. Otherwise, you're just a pervert and you're, you're sexually, you're committing a sexual inethical or unethical act. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere along the spectrum of sexual harassment, assault, abuse, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, now to get back kind of to the to the question of, well, how do I feel about watching porn while having sex? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, watch porn. Uh, unless you're trying to, like, mimic. Like, I could see some very specific, like, reasons maybe that you do that, but they're super specific, and you, you're not going to do those every night. What do you mean, like instructional porn? Um, yeah, like instructional, or if you're watching it and like I want you, to, you know, let's do what they're doing. Uh-huh. Like I, I could kind of see that, um, but yeah, sure, I could, I could see that, like an exercise video, except with sex. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but I really don't think you're going to do that every night because yeah. to the second question, is it over if that's a popular thing going on? Yeah, I think, I think the person's lost interest. If, if they've yeah, if they right. have to watch porn while while you're fucking yeah you're not literally enough. while you're, you're fucking you're not enough especially if they have to yeah if they need it in order to maintain their turned on status you know <laughs> yeah yeah I then mean, something's up something something's not clicking um, I mean there's nothing wrong like you said Stephanie I don't think there's anything wrong with watching it to warm up mm-hmm. but once you're warmed up you know yeah to turn that shit off 
Um, so, okay. Uh, do you, did you have any further comment on that, or I'm going to like redress the the last part of that question to you? No, go go ahead. So, do you choose softcore over hardcore, or like oh, you yeah. personally, or no core, or no I core? Mean, most of the time, it's no core. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm a very light porn consumer. I do, I do not watch very much, and right. if I do, it's very softcore. <laughs> sure. I think. I mean. Are you, are you willing to admit what you do watch? Like, what you do watch regularly? Ah, uh, sure. I like, mean, I, yeah, I have well, an idea, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, most of my erotic material consumption is in the form of uh, reading erotica stories, not watching anything, uh-huh. just, but, but reading, or listening to erotic audiobooks. Sure, yeah, yeah, right on, right on. So, yeah, I mean, in me, you know, I... Like I said, I do prefer soft softcore over hardcore. But I mean, I effectively write my own porn. I write my own erotica. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's you know, right. and I write it all the time. Yeah, um, what a great job! I, I fuck. <laughs> I love it, and I love the fact that other people love it, and I love the fact that women, you know, write into me saying how much they enjoy it and everything. Right. Uh, and so, you know, that. Um, that, that just makes it all, you know, worthwhile. I, I, I really enjoy the hell out of it. So oh, I'm not somebody... Sky. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful like, sky. really pretty. Yeah, so I don't really consume a ton either. Not really. Except for, like you said, during dinner we'll watch softcore or hentai or something. But And not every night. And Most yeah. of the time we're watching vanilla TV shows. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and like I said on, on episode 281 of Sovertech, honestly, like, most of the time, like, if, if we really... The exact phrase I used is, we shouldn't even call it TV, we should just call it ST, meaning not television, but just Star Trek. Yeah. We just watch Star Trek, like, yeah. all the time, you know. And <laughs> it just seems to come on, it's like, alright, you want to watch Star Trek? Sure. And, you know, and there's other things we watch too, but I talked it's about that. It's just always so good, that's the basis for everything. Well, I, I've said this many times, and I'm quoting somebody else, but there was this episode of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy where the guy came on and he said, he's like, they were talking about the best episodes of Star Trek. And he said, let me make this really clear first off, is that the worst episode of Star Trek is leaps and bounds better than any other hour of fiction out there. And I just totally yeah, agree with that. Like, it just doesn't... You can say, boy, that, was a bit, that wasn't the best episode of Star Trek, but it's still ten times better than Game of Thrones. Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> ju- just based upon the fact that it's Star Trek. I've never seen Game of Thrones. And I love you for that. I think you're so wonderful. <laughs> you won't let me see it. Are you... Well... I have no interest in watching I, Not it. that I want to be... Not that I'm asking permission, nor do I want to watch it. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think <laughs> that's wonderful. You have no interest in watching it. No, not, not at all. Not at all. So, anyway... Um, well, I think that does it. We're, uh, Is we're that over, it? We're okay. over an hour. Wow. So, what the hell? Uh, but there, That's a well-rounded rhombus there. Yeah, I'll say a well-rounded rhombus. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good three questions. Um, and anyway, folks, again, if you want to get in more questions for future relationship rhombus shows, uh, I do have some here, like other ones, but uh, send them in. Keep them coming, because we do this once a month, and... You can, like I said, you can send them. There's a million ways to send them on Patreon. You can put them on the Rhombus posts. You can put them on. Uh, you can use the, the private messenger on Patreon. You can use the community tab on Patreon, which people have, and also you can just send them to me through contact.zog.ninja, uh, which would give you the opportunity to send it pretty anonymously. So, um, so th- those are your options for going going for it. 
Uh, Stephanie, of course, always so much fun to do this show with you and talk about this stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. This is so much fun. I love relationship dramas. I was begging you to do it in the car. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, y- you know, well, anyway, you- you're going to get more Stephanie over the next week. Because um, I think you're going to be, speaking of Star Trek, you more should. Stephanie. That's right. You'll be on the Star more Trek update. Be like the goddess I am. I'll tell you, people don't get on, they, they don't get behind my microphones if they don't worship you. That's right. Everybody should worship Stephanie. Yeah, they uh, should. Damn right. So, <laughs> um, you'll be on the Star Trek update this week, and also this week will be one of the uh, already fan favorite or listener favorite best episodes. So, we'll be joined by Ellen, actually, I think for both of those as well. Cool. So, that's going to be a great time. So, anyway, so if you want more Stephanie, don't worry, you're going to get it. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's it for this relationship rhombus. Uh, again, get your questions in for the next one. And uh, woo, I will see all of you on the other side.